Welcome to Theoria Audiobooks, an endeavour of Theoria TV. We are going to jump into this title in just a moment, but first, if you appreciate our work to bring you professionally produced audiobooks of the Church Fathers free of charge, would you support our work by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash theoriatv or joining as a paid member on Substack at www.theoria.tv. Thank you and enjoy your book. The Epistles of St. Ignatius of Antioch A production of Theoria Audiobooks and Theoria TV Translated by Alexander Roberts and Sir James Donaldson Revised by Kevin Knight of NewAdvent.org Introduction by Benjamin Cabe St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was born around 35 AD, was a direct disciple of the Apostles Peter and John, who taught him the faith and later ordained him to be the third bishop of Antioch, according to St. John Chrysostom. Like many early Christians, St. Ignatius underwent persecution at the hands of the Roman Emperor. Eventually, he was arrested and condemned to death in the arena in Rome. During his final journey to the capital, St. Ignatius wrote letters to various Christian communities in Asia Minor and Rome, within which he extols the importance of obedience to the local bishop, participation in the Eucharist, and unwavering faith in Jesus Christ. While there are several spurious letters attributed to the bishop, the seven extant authentic letters, which are here presented, demonstrate a clear articulation of the divinely revealed theological tenets. Additionally, they showcase the Church's transition from a loose collection of communities to a more structured ecclesiastical organization. As a true shepherd, St. Ignatius stresses the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, a reality made more poignant by the fact that he was instructed by the Apostle John, who wrote in John 6, that the bread and wine are the body and blood of Christ. While not shying away from the fear and pain that awaited him, the bishop expressed his eagerness to unite with Christ fully, even if it meant facing a gruesome death. Ignatius's unshakable faith in the face of severe persecution has since become an inspirational example for countless Christians throughout history. The Epistle of St. Ignatius to the Ephesians. Greeting. Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the church which is at Ephesus in Asia, deservedly most happy, being blessed in the greatness and fullness of God the Father, and predestinated before the ages of time, that it should be always for an enduring and unchangeable glory, being united and elected through the true passion by the will of the Father and Jesus Christ our God, abundant happiness through Jesus Christ and His undefiled grace. Chapter 1. I have become acquainted with your name, much beloved in God, which you have acquired by the habit of righteousness, according to the faith and love in Jesus Christ our Saviour. Being the followers of God, and stirring up yourselves by the blood of God, you have perfectly accomplished the work which was beseeming to you. For, on hearing that I came bound from Syria for the common name and hope, trusting through your prayers to be permitted to fight with beasts at Rome, that so by martyrdom I may indeed become the disciple of him who gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God, you hasten to see me. I received, therefore, 
your whole multitude in the name of God, through Onesimus, a man of inexpressible love, and your bishop in the flesh, whom I pray you by Jesus Christ to love, and that you would all seek to be like him. And blessed be he who has granted unto you being worthy to obtain such an excellent bishop. Chapter 2 As to my fellow servant Burrus, your deacon in regard to God and blessed in all things, I beg that he may continue longer, both for your honour and that of your bishop. And Crocus also, worthy both of God and you, whom I have received as the manifestation of your love, has in all things refreshed me, as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ shall also refresh him. Together with Onesimus and Burrus and Euplus and Fronto, by means of whom I have, as to love, beheld all of you. May I always have joy of you, if indeed I be worthy of it. It is therefore befitting that you should in every way glorify Jesus Christ, who has glorified you, that by a unanimous obedience you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, and may all speak the same thing concerning the same thing, and that, being subject to the bishop and the presbytery, you may in all respects be sanctified. Chapter 3 I do not issue orders to you as if I were some great person, for though I am bound for the name of Christ, I am not yet perfect in Jesus Christ. For now I begin to be a disciple, and I speak to you as fellow disciples with me, for it was needful for me to have been stirred up by you in faith, exhortation, patience, and long-suffering. But inasmuch as love suffers me not to be silent in regard to you, I have therefore taken upon me first to exhort you that you would all run together in accordance with the will of God. For even Jesus Christ, our inseparable life, is the manifested will of the Father, as also bishops, settled everywhere to the utmost bounds of the earth, are so by the will of Jesus Christ. Chapter 4 Wherefore it is fitting that you should run together in accordance with the will of your bishop, which thing also you do. For your justly renowned presbytery, worthy of God, is fitted as exactly to the bishop as the strings are to the harp. Therefore in your concord and harmonious love, Jesus Christ is sung, and man by man become a choir that being harmonious in love and taking up the song of God in unison, you may with one voice sing to the Father through Jesus Christ, so that he may both hear you and perceive by your works that you are indeed the members of his Son. It is profitable, therefore, that you should live in an unblameable unity, that thus you may always enjoy communion with God. Chapter 5 For if I, in this brief space of time, have enjoyed such fellowship with your bishop, I mean not of a mere human, but of a spiritual nature. How much more do I reckon you happy who are so joined to him as the church is to Jesus Christ, and as Jesus Christ is to the Father, that so all things may agree in unity? Let no man deceive himself. If anyone be not within the altar, he is deprived of the bread of God. For if the prayer of one or two possesses such power, how much more that of the bishop and the whole church? He therefore that does not assemble with the church has even by this manifested his pride and condemned himself. For it is written, God resists the proud. Let us be careful then 
not to set ourselves in opposition to the bishop, in order that we may be subject to God. Chapter 6 Now the more anyone sees the bishop keeping silence, the more ought he to revere him. For we ought to receive everyone whom the master of the house sends to be over his household, as we would do him that sent him. It is manifest, therefore, that we should look upon the bishop even as we would upon the Lord himself. And indeed, Onesimus himself greatly commends your good order in God, that you all live according to the truth, and that no sect has any dwelling place among you, nor indeed do you hearken to anyone rather than to Jesus Christ speaking in truth. Chapter 7 for some are in the habit of carrying about the name of Jesus Christ in wicked guile, while yet they practice things unworthy of God, whom you must flee as you would wild beasts. For they are ravening dogs who bite secretly against whom you must be on your guard, inasmuch as they are men who can scarcely be cured. There is one physician who is possessed both of flesh and spirit, both made and not made, God existing in flesh, true life in death, both of Mary and of God, first passable and then impassable, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter 8 Let not then anyone deceive you, as indeed you are not deceived, inasmuch as you are wholly devoted to God. For since there is no strife raging among you which might distress you, you are certainly living in accordance with God's will. I am far inferior to you, and require to be sanctified by your church of Ephesus, so renowned throughout the world. They that are carnal cannot do those things which are spiritual, nor they that are spiritual the things which are carnal, even as faith cannot do the works of unbelief, nor unbelief the works of faith. But even those things which you do according to the flesh are spiritual, for you do all things in Jesus Christ. Chapter 9 Nevertheless I have heard of some who have passed on from this to you, having false doctrine, whom you did not allow to sow among you, but stopped your ears, that you might not receive those things which were sown by them as being stones of the temple of the Father, prepared for the building of God the Father, and drawn up on high by the instrument of Jesus Christ, which is the cross, making use of the Holy Spirit as a rope while your faith was the means by which you ascended, and your love the way which led up to God. You, therefore, as well as all your fellow-travellers, are God-bearers, temple-bearers, Christ-bearers, bearers of holiness, adorned in all respects with the commandments of Jesus Christ, in whom also I exult that I have been thought worthy, by means of this epistle, to converse and rejoice with you, because, with respect to your Christian life, you love nothing but God only. Chapter 10 And pray without ceasing on behalf of other men, for there is in them hope of repentance that they may attain to God. See then that they be instructed by your works, if in no other way. Be meek in response to their wrath, humble in opposition to their boasting. To their blasphemies return your prayers. In contrast to their error, be steadfast in the faith and for their cruelty manifest your gentleness. While we take care not to imitate their conduct, let us be found their brethren in all true kindness, and let us seek to be followers of the Lord, who evermore unjustly treated, more destitute, 
more condemned, that so no plant of the devil may be found in you, but you may remain in all holiness and sobriety in Jesus Christ, both with respect to the flesh and spirit. Chapter 11. The last times have come upon us. Let us therefore be of a reverent spirit, and fear the long-suffering of God, that it tend not to our condemnation. For let us either stand in awe of the wrath to come, or show regard for the grace which is at present displayed. One of two things. Only, in one way or another, let us be found in Christ Jesus unto the true life. Apart from Him, let nothing attract you for whom I bear about these bonds, these spiritual jewels, by which may I arise through your prayers, of which I entreat I may always be a partaker, that I may be found in the lot of the Christians of Ephesus, who have always been of the same mind with the apostles through the power of Jesus Christ. Chapter 12 I know both who I am and to whom I write. I am a condemned man, you have been the objects of mercy, I am subject to danger, you are established in safety. You are the persons through whom those pass that are cut off for the sake of God. You are initiated into the mysteries of the gospel with Paul, the holy, the martyred, the deservedly most happy, at whose feet may I be found when I shall attain to God, who, in all his epistles, makes mention of you in Christ Jesus. Chapter 13 Take heed, then, often to come together to give thanks to God, and show forth His praise. For when you assemble frequently in the same place, the powers of Satan are destroyed, and the destruction at which he aims is prevented by the unity of your faith. Nothing is more precious than peace, by which all war, both in heaven and earth, is brought to an end. Chapter 14 None of these things is hid from you if you perfectly possess that faith and love towards Christ Jesus, which are the beginning and the end of life. For the beginning is faith, and the end is love. Now these two, being inseparably connected together, are of God, while all other things which are requisite for a holy life follow after them. No man truly making a profession of faith sins, nor does he that possesses love hate anyone. The tree is made manifest by its fruit, so those that profess themselves to be Christians shall be recognized by their conduct. For there is not now a demand for mere profession, but that a man be found continuing in the power of faith to the end. Chapter 15 It is better for a man to be silent and be a Christian than to talk and not to be one. It is good to teach if he who speaks also acts. There is then one teacher who spoke, and it was done, while even those things which he did in silence are worthy of the Father. He who possesses the word of Jesus is truly able to hear even his very silence, that he may be perfect and may both act as he speaks and be recognized by his silence. There is nothing which is hid from God, but our very secrets are near to him. Let us therefore do all things as those who have him dwelling in us, that we may be his temples, and he may be in us as our God, which indeed he is, and will manifest himself before our faces. Wherefore, we justly love him.
Chapter 16 Do not err, my brethren. Those that corrupt families shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If, then, those who do this as respects the flesh have suffered death, how much more shall this be the case with anyone who corrupts by wicked doctrine the faith of God for which Jesus Christ was crucified? Such an one becoming defiled in this way shall go away into everlasting fire, and so shall everyone that hearkens unto him. Chapter 17 For this end did the Lord allow the ointment to be poured upon his head, that he might breathe immortality into his church, be not anointed with the bad odour of the doctrine of the prince of this world. Let him not lead you away, captive, from the life which is set before you. And why are we not all prudent, since we have received the knowledge of God, which is Jesus Christ? Why do we foolishly perish, not recognizing the gift which the Lord has of a truth sent to us? Chapter 18 Let my spirit be counted as nothing for the sake of the cross, which is a stumbling block to those that do not believe, but to us salvation and life eternal. Where is the wise man? Where the disputer? Where is the boasting of those who are styled prudent? For our God, Jesus Christ was, according to the appointment of God, conceived in the womb by Mary of the seed of David, but by the Holy Ghost. He was born and baptized, that by his passion he might purify the water. Chapter 19 now the virginity of Mary was hidden from the prince of this world, as was also her offspring, and the death of the Lord, three mysteries of renown which were wrought in silence by God. How then was he manifested to the world? A star shone forth in heaven above all the other stars, the light of which was inexpressible, while its novelty struck men with astonishment. And all the rest of the stars, with the sun and moon, formed a chorus to this star, and its light was exceedingly great above them all. And there was agitation felt as to whence this new spectacle came, so unlike to everything else in the heavens. Hence every kind of magic was destroyed, and every bond of wickedness disappeared. Ignorance was removed, and the old kingdom abolished, God himself being manifested in human form for the renewal of eternal life, and now that took a beginning which had been prepared by God. Henceforth all things were in a state of tumult, because he meditated the abolition of death. Chapter 20 If Jesus Christ shall graciously permit me through your prayers, and if it be his will I shall, in a second little work which I will write to you, make further manifest to you the nature of the dispensation of which I have begun to treat, with respect to the new man Jesus Christ, in his faith and in his love, in his suffering and in his resurrection. Especially will I do this, if the Lord make known to me that you come together man by man in common through grace, individually, in one faith, and in Jesus Christ, who was of the seed of David according to the flesh, being both the Son of Man and the Son of God, so that you obey the bishop and the presbytery with an undivided mind, breaking one and the same bread, which is the medicine of immortality and the antidote to prevent us from dying, but which causes that we should live forever in Jesus Christ.
Chapter 21 My soul be for yours and theirs, whom, for the honour of God, you have sent to Smyrna, whence also I write to you, giving thanks unto the Lord, and loving Polycarp, even as I do you. Remember me, as Jesus Christ also remembered you. Pray for the church which is in Syria, whence I am led bound to Rome, being the last of the faithful who are there, even as I have been thought worthy to be chosen to show forth the honour of God. Farewell in God the Father, and in Jesus Christ, our common hope. The Epistle of Ignatius to the Magnesians. Greeting. Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the church blessed in the grace of God the Father, in Jesus Christ our Saviour, in whom I salute the church which is at Magnesia, near the Meander, and wish it abundance of happiness in God the Father, and in Jesus Christ. Chapter 1 Having been informed of your godly love, so well ordered, I rejoiced greatly, and determined to commune with you in the faith of Jesus Christ. For as one who has been thought worthy of the most honourable of all names, in those bonds which I bear about, I commend the churches, in which I pray for a union both of the flesh and spirit of Jesus Christ, the constant source of our life, and of faith and love, to which nothing is to be preferred, but especially of Jesus and the Father, in whom, if we endure all the assaults of the prince of this world, and escape them, we shall enjoy God. Chapter 2 Since then I have had the privilege of seeing you, through Damas your most worthy bishop, and through your worthy presbyters Bassus and Apollonius, and through my fellow servant the deacon Sotio, whose friendship may I ever enjoy, inasmuch as he is subject to the bishop as to the grace of God, and to the presbytery as to the law of Jesus Christ, I now write to you. Chapter 3 now it becomes you also not to treat your bishop too familiarly on account of his youth, but to yield him all reverence, having respect to the power of God the Father, as I have known even holy presbyters do, not judging rashly from the manifest youthful appearance of their bishop, but as being themselves prudent in God, submitting to him, or rather not to him, but to the Father of Jesus Christ, the bishop of us all. It is therefore fitting that you should, after no hypocritical fashion, obey your bishop in honour of him who has willed us so to do, since he that does not so deceives not, by such conduct, the bishop that is visible, but seeks to mock him that is invisible, and all such conduct has reference not to man, but to God, who knows all secrets. Chapter 4. It is fitting, then, not only to be called Christians, but to be so in reality, as some indeed give one the title of bishop, but do all things without him. Now such persons seem to me to be not possessed of a good conscience, seeing they are not steadfastly gathered together according to the commandment. Chapter 5. Seeing then all things have an end, these two things are simultaneously set before us, death and life and everyone shall go unto his own place. For as there are two kinds of coins, the one of God, the other of the world, and each of these has its special character stamped upon it, so is it also here. The unbelieving are of this world, but the believing have, in love, the character of God, the Father by Jesus Christ, by whom, if we are not in readiness to die into his passion, his life 
is not in us. Chapter 6 Since therefore I have, in the persons before mentioned, beheld the whole multitude of you in faith and love, I exhort you to study to do all things with a divine harmony, while your bishop presides in the place of God, and your presbyters in the place of the assembly of the apostles, along with your deacons, who are most dear to me, and are entrusted with the ministry of Jesus Christ, who was with the Father before the beginning of time, and in the end was revealed. Do all then, imitating the same divine conduct, pay respect to one another, and let no one look upon his neighbor after the flesh, but continually love each other in Jesus Christ. Let nothing exist among you that may divide you, but be united with your bishop and those that preside over you as a type and evidence of your immortality. Chapter 7 As therefore the Lord did nothing without the Father, being united to Him, neither by Himself nor by the apostles, so neither do anything without the bishop and presbyters. Neither endeavour that anything appear reasonable and proper to yourselves apart, but being come together into the same place, let there be one prayer, one supplication, one mind, one hope, in love and in joy undefiled. There is one Jesus Christ than whom nothing is more excellent. Therefore run together as into one temple of God, as to one altar, as to one Jesus Christ, who came forth from one Father, and is with, and has gone to one. Chapter 8 Be not deceived with strange doctrines, nor with old fables, which are unprofitable. For if we still live according to the Jewish law, we acknowledge that we have not received grace. For the divinest prophets lived according to Christ Jesus. On this account also they were persecuted, being inspired by His grace to fully convince the unbelieving that there is one God who has manifested Himself by Jesus Christ His Son, who is His eternal Word, not proceeding forth from silence, and who in all things pleased Him that sent Him. Chapter 9 if therefore those who were brought up in the ancient order of things have come to the possession of a new hope, no longer observing the Sabbath, but living in the observance of the Lord's day, on which also our life has sprung up again by Him and by His death, whom some deny, by which mystery we have obtained faith, and therefore endure that we may be found the disciples of Jesus Christ, our only Master. How shall we be able to live apart from Him, whose disciples the prophets themselves in the Spirit did wait for Him as their teacher, and therefore He whom they rightly waited for, having come, raised them from the dead? Chapter 10 Let us not therefore be insensible to His kindness, for were He to reward us according to our works, we should cease to be. Therefore, having become His disciples, let us learn to live according to the principles of Christianity. For whosoever is called by any other name besides this is not of God. Lay aside, therefore, the evil, the old, the sour leaven, and be changed into the new leaven, which is Jesus Christ. Be salted in him, lest anyone among you should be corrupted, since by your savour you shall be convicted. It is absurd to profess Christ Jesus and to Judaize. For Christianity did not embrace Judaism, but Judaism Christianity, that so every tongue which believes might be gathered together to God. Chapter 11. 
These things I address to you, my beloved, not that I know any of you to be in such a state, addicted to the error of Judaizing, but as less than any of you, I desire to guard you beforehand, that you fall not upon the hooks of vain doctrine, but that you attain to full assurance in regard to the birth and passion and resurrection which took place in the time of the government of Pontius Pilate, being truly and certainly accomplished by Jesus Christ, who is our hope, from which may no one of you ever be turned aside. Chapter 12 May I enjoy you in all respects, if indeed I be worthy, for though I am bound, I am not worthy to be compared to any of you that are at liberty. I know that you are not puffed up, for you have Jesus Christ in yourselves. And all the more when I commend you, I know that you cherish modesty of spirit, as it is written, The righteous man is his own accuser. Chapter 13 Study, therefore, to be established in the doctrines of the Lord and the Apostles, that so all things whatsoever you do may prosper both in the flesh and spirit, in faith and love, in the Son, and in the Father, and in the Spirit, in the beginning and in the end, with your most admirable bishop, and the well-compacted spiritual crown of your presbytery, and the deacons who are according to God. Be subject to the bishop and to one another, as Jesus Christ to the Father, according to the flesh, and the apostles to Christ, and to the Father, and to the Spirit, that so there may be a union both fleshly and spiritual. Chapter 14 Knowing as I do that you are full of God, I have but briefly exhorted you. Be mindful of me in your prayers, that I may attain to God, and of the church which is in Syria, whence I am not worthy to derive my name, for I stand in need of your united prayer in God and your love, that the church which is in Syria may be deemed worthy of being refreshed by your church. Chapter 15 The Ephesians from Smyrna, whence I also write to you, who are here for the glory of God, as you also are, who have in all things refreshed me, salute you along with Polycarp, the bishop of the Smyrnians. The rest of the churches, in honor of Jesus Christ, also salute you. Farewell in the harmony of God, you who have obtained the inseparable Spirit, who is Jesus Christ. The Epistle of Ignatius to the Trallians. Greeting, Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the Holy Church, which is at Tralles in Asia, beloved of God, the Father of Jesus Christ, elect and worthy of God, possessing peace through the flesh and blood and passion of Jesus Christ, who is our hope through our rising again to Him, which also I salute in its fullness and in the apostolic character and wish abundance of happiness. Chapter 1 I know that you possess an unblameable and sincere mind in patience, and that not only in present practice, but according to inherent nature, as Polybius your bishop has shown me, who has come to Smyrna by the will of God and Jesus Christ, and so sympathized in the joy which I, who am bound in Christ Jesus, possess, that I beheld your whole multitude in Him. Having therefore received through Him the testimony of your good will according to God, I gloried to find you, as I knew you were, the followers of God. Chapter 2 
And for since you are subject to the bishop as to Jesus Christ, you appear to me to live not after the manner of men, but according to Jesus Christ who died for us in order by believing in his death, you may escape from death. It is therefore necessary that as you indeed do, so without the bishop you should do nothing, but should also be subject to the presbytery as to the apostle of Jesus Christ, who is our hope, in whom, if we live, we shall at last be found. It is fitting also that the deacons, as being the ministers of the mysteries of Jesus Christ, should in every respect be pleasing to all, for they are not ministers of meat and drink, but servants of the church of God. They are bound, therefore, to avoid all grounds of accusation against them, as they would do fire. Chapter 3 in like manner, let all reverence the deacons as an appointment of Jesus Christ, and the bishop as Jesus Christ, who is the Son of the Father, and the presbyters as the Sanhedrim of God, and assembly of the apostles. Apart from these, there is no church. Concerning all this, I am persuaded that you are of the same opinion. For I have received the manifestation of your love, and still have it with me in your bishop whose very appearance is highly instructive, and his meekness of itself a power, whom I imagine even the ungodly must reverence, seeing they are also pleased that I do not spare myself. But shall I, when permitted to write on this point, reach such a height of self-esteem, that though being a condemned man, I should issue commands to you as if I were an apostle? Chapter 4 I have great knowledge in God, but I restrain myself, lest I should perish through boasting. For now it is needful for me to be the more fearful, and not give heed to those that puff me up. For they that speak to me in the way of commendation scourge me. For I do indeed desire to suffer, but I know not if I be worthy to do so. For this longing, though it is not manifest to many, all the more vehemently assails me. I therefore have need of meekness, by which the prince of this world is brought to naught. Chapter 5 Am I not able to write to you of heavenly things? But I fear to do so, lest I should inflict injury on you who are but babes in Christ. Pardon me in this respect, lest, as not being able to receive such doctrines, you should be strangled by them. For even I, though I am bound for Christ, yet am not on that account able to understand heavenly things, and the places of the angels and their gatherings under their respective princes, things visible and invisible. Without reference to such abstruse subjects, I am still but a learner in other respects, for many things are wanting to us that we come not short of God. Chapter 6 I therefore yet not I, but the love of Jesus Christ, entreat you that you use Christian nourishment only, and abstain from herbage of a different kind. I mean, heresy. For those that are given to this mix up Jesus Christ with their own poison, speaking things which are unworthy of credit, like those who administer a deadly drug in sweet wine, which he who is ignorant of does greedily take, with a fatal pleasure leading to his own death. Chapter 7 be on your guard, therefore, against such persons, and this will be the case with you if you are not puffed up and continue in intimate union with Jesus Christ our God and the bishop and the enactments of the apostles, he 
that is within the altar is pure, but he that is without is not pure, that is, he who does anything apart from the bishop and presbytery and deacons, such a man is not pure in his conscience. Chapter 8 Not that I know there is anything of this kind among you, but I put you on your guard, inasmuch as I love you greatly, and foresee the snares of the devil. Wherefore, clothing yourselves with meekness, be renewed in faith, that is the flesh of the Lord, and in love, that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Let no one of you cherish any grudge against his neighbor. Give no occasion to the Gentiles, lest by means of a few foolish men the whole multitude of those that believe in God be evil spoken of. For woe to him by whose vanity my name is blasphemed among any. Chapter 9 Stop your ears, therefore, when anyone speaks to you at variance with Jesus Christ, who was descended from David, and was also of Mary, who was truly born, and ate, and drank. He was truly persecuted under Pontius Pilate. He was truly crucified, and truly died, in the sight of beings in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth. He was also truly raised from the dead his father quickening him, even as after the same manner his father will so raise up us who believe in him by Christ Jesus, apart from whom we do not possess the true life. Chapter 10 But if, as some that are without God, that is, the unbelieving say, that he only seemed to suffer, they themselves only seeming to exist, then why am I in bonds? Why do I long to be exposed to the wild beasts? Do I therefore die in vain? Am I not then guilty of falsehood against the cross of the Lord? Chapter 11 Flee therefore those evil offshoots of Satan, which produce death-bearing fruit, whereof, if anyone tastes, he instantly dies. For these men are not the planting of the Father, for if they were, they would appear as branches of the cross, and their fruit would be incorruptible. By it he calls you through his passion, as being his members. The head, therefore, cannot be borne by itself without its members. God, who is the Saviour himself, having promised their union. Chapter 12 I salute you from Smyrna, together with the churches of God which are with me, who have refreshed me in all things, both in the flesh and in the spirit, my bonds which I carry about with me for the sake of Jesus Christ, praying that I may attain to God, exhort you. Continue in harmony among yourselves and in prayer with one another, for it becomes every one of you, and especially the presbyters, to refresh the bishop to the honour of the Father, of Jesus Christ, and of the apostles. I entreat you in love to hear me, that I may not, by having written, be a testimony against you. And also pray for me, who have need of your love, along with the mercy of God, that I may be worthy of the lot for which I am destined, and that I may not be found reprobate. Chapter 13 The love of the Smyrnians and Ephesians salutes you. Remember in your prayers the church which is in Syria, from which also I am not worthy to receive my appellation, being the last of them. Farewell in Jesus Christ, while you continue subject to the bishop, as to the command of God, and in like manner to the presbytery. And every man love one another 
with an undivided heart. Let my spirit be sanctified by yours, not only now, but also when I shall attain to God. For I am as yet exposed to danger. But the Father is faithful in Jesus Christ to fulfill both mine and your petitions, in whom may you be found unblameable. The Epistle of Ignatius to the Romans, Greeting Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the Church which has obtained mercy through the majesty of the Most High Father and Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, the Church which is beloved and enlightened by the will of Him that wills all things which are according to the love of Jesus Christ our God, which also presides in the place of the region of the Romans, worthy of God, worthy of honour, worthy of the highest happiness, worthy of praise, worthy of obtaining her every desire, worthy of being deemed holy, and which presides over love, is named from Christ, and from the Father, which I also salute in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, to those who are united, both according to the flesh and spirit, to every one of his commandments, who are filled inseparably with the grace of God, and are purified from every strange taint, I wish abundance of happiness, unblameably, in Jesus Christ our God. Chapter 1 Through prayer to God, I have obtained the privilege of seeing your most worthy faces, and have even been granted more than I requested. For I hope, as a prisoner in Christ Jesus, to salute you, if indeed it be the will of God, that I be thought worthy of attaining unto the end. For the beginning has been well ordered, if I may obtain grace to cling to my lot without hindrance unto the end. For I am afraid of your love, lest it should do me an injury. For it is easy for you to accomplish what you please, but it is difficult for me to attain to God, if you spare me. Chapter 2 For it is not my desire to act towards you as a man-pleaser, but as pleasing God, even as also you please Him. For neither shall I ever have such another opportunity of attaining to God, nor will you, if you shall now be silent, ever be entitled to the honour of a better work. For if you are silent concerning me, I shall become God's. But if you show your love to my flesh, I shall again have to run my race. Pray then, do not seek to confer any greater favour upon me than that I be sacrificed to God while the altar is still prepared that being gathered together in love, you may sing praise to the Father through Christ Jesus, that God has deemed me, the Bishop of Syria, worthy to be sent for from the east unto the west. It is good to set from the world unto God, that I may rise again to Him. Chapter 3 You have never envied anyone. You have taught others. Now I desire that those things may be confirmed by your conduct, which in your instructions you enjoin on others. Only request in my behalf, both inward and outward strength, that I may not only speak, but truly will, and that I may not merely be called a Christian, but really be found to be one. For if I be truly found a Christian, I may also be called one, and be then deemed faithful, when I shall no longer appear to the world. Nothing visible is eternal, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For our God, Jesus Christ, now that He is with the Father, is all the more revealed in His glory. 
Christianity is not a thing of silence only, but also of manifest greatness. Chapter 4 I write to the churches and impress on them all that I shall willingly die for God unless you hinder me. I beseech of you not to show an unseasonable goodwill towards me. Allow me to become food for the wild beasts through whose instrumentality it will be granted me to attain to God. I am the wheat of God, and let me be ground by the teeth of the wild beasts, that I may be found the pure bread of Christ. Rather entice the wild beasts, that they may become my tomb, and may leave nothing of my body, so that when I have fallen asleep in death, I may be no trouble to anyone. Then shall I truly be a disciple of Christ, when the world shall not see so much as my body. Entreat Christ for me, that by these instruments I may be found a sacrifice to God. I do not, as Peter and Paul, issue commandments unto you. They were apostles. I am but a condemned man. They were free, while I am, even until now, a servant. But when I suffer, I shall be the freedman of Jesus, and shall rise again, emancipated in Him. And now, being a prisoner, I learn not to desire anything worldly or vain. Chapter 5 From Syria, even unto Rome, I fight with beasts, both by land and sea, both by night and day, being bound to ten leopards, I mean a band of soldiers, who even when they receive benefits, show themselves all the worse. But I am the more instructed by their injuries to act as a disciple of Christ. Yet am I not thereby justified? May I enjoy the wild beasts that are prepared for me? and I pray they may be found eager to rush upon me, which also I will entice to devour me speedily, and not deal with me as with some, whom out of fear they have not touched. But if they be unwilling to assail me, I will compel them to do so. Pardon me in this, I know what is for my benefit. Now I begin to be a disciple, and let no one of things visible or invisible envy me that I should attain to Jesus Christ let fire and the cross, let the crowds of wild beasts, let tearings, breakings, and dislocations of bones, let cutting off of members, let shatterings of the whole body, and let all the dreadful torments of the devil come upon me. Only let me attain to Jesus Christ. Chapter 6 Ere all the pleasures of the world and all the kingdoms of this earth shall profit me nothing. It is better for me to die on behalf of Jesus Christ than to reign over all the ends of the earth. For what shall a man be profited if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Him I seek who died for us. Him I desire who rose again for our sake. This is the gain which is laid up for me. Pardon me, brethren. Do not hinder me from living. Do not wish to keep me in a state of death. And while I desire to belong to God, do not give me over to the world. Allow me to obtain pure light. When I have gone there, I shall indeed be a man of God. Permit me to be an imitator of the passion of my God. If anyone has him within himself, let him consider what I desire, and let him have sympathy with me, as knowing how I am straightened. Chapter 7 the prince of this world would fain carry me away and corrupt my disposition towards God. 
Let none of you therefore who are in Rome help him, rather be on my side, that is, on the side of God. Do not speak of Jesus Christ, and yet set your desires on the world. Let not envy find a dwelling place among you, nor even should I, when present with you, exhort you to it, be persuaded to listen to me, but rather give credit to those things which I now write to you. For though I am alive while I write to you, yet I am eager to die. My love has been crucified, and there is no fire in me desiring to be fed, but there is within me a water that lives and speaks, saying to me inwardly, Come to the Father. I have no delight in corruptible food, nor in the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, the heavenly bread, the bread of life, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who became afterwards of the seed of David and Abraham. And I desire the drink of God, namely His blood, which is incorruptible love and eternal life. Chapter 8 I no longer wish to live after the manner of men, and my desire shall be fulfilled if you consent. Be willing, then, that you also may have your desires fulfilled. I entreat you in this brief letter, give credit to me. Jesus Christ will reveal these things to you, so that you shall know that I speak truly. He is the mouth altogether free from falsehood, by which the Father has truly spoken. Pray for me, that I may attain the object of my desire. I have not written to you according to the flesh, but according to the will of God. If I shall suffer, you have wished well to me, but if I am rejected, you have hated me. Chapter 9 Remember in your prayers the church in Syria, which now has God for its shepherd, instead of me. Jesus Christ alone will oversee it, and your love will also regard it. But as for me, I am ashamed to be counted one of them, for indeed I am not worthy as being the very last of them, and one born out of due time. But I have obtained mercy to be somebody if I shall attain to God. My spirit salutes you, and the love of the churches that have received me in the name of Jesus Christ, and not as a mere passer-by. For even those churches which were not near to me in the way, I mean according to the flesh, have gone before me, city by city, to meet me. Chapter 10 now I write these things to you from Smyrna, by the Ephesians, who are deservedly most happy. There is also with me, along with many others, Crocus, one dearly beloved by me. As to those who have gone before me from Syria to Rome for the glory of God, I believe that you are acquainted with them, to whom, then, make known that I am at hand. For they are all worthy, both of God and of you, and it is becoming that you should refresh them in all things. I have written these things unto you on the day before the ninth of the Calends of September, that is, on the twenty-third day of August. Farewell to the end, in the patience of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Epistle of Ignatius to the Philadelphians. Greeting. Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the Church of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, which is at Philadelphia in Asia, which has obtained mercy, and is established in the harmony of God, and rejoices unceasingly in the passion of our Lord, and is filled with all mercy through His resurrection, which I salute in the blood of Jesus Christ, who is our eternal and enduring joy, especially if men are in unity with the bishop 
the presbyters, and the deacons, who have been appointed according to the mind of Jesus Christ, whom he has established in security after his own will and by his Holy Spirit. Chapter 1 Which bishop I know obtained the ministry which pertains to the common good, not of himself, neither by men nor through vainglory, but by the love of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, at whose meekness I am struck with admiration, and who by his silence is able to accomplish more than those who vainly talk. For he is in harmony with the commandments of God, even as the harp is with its strings. Wherefore my soul declares his mind towards God a happy one, knowing it to be virtuous and perfect, and that his stability as well as freedom from all anger is after the example of the infinite meekness of the living God. Chapter 2 Wherefore, as children of light and truth, flee from division and wicked doctrines, but where the shepherd is, there follow as sheep. For there are many wolves that appear worthy of credit, who, by means of a pernicious pleasure, carry captive those that are running towards God. But in your unity they shall have no place. Chapter 3 Keep yourselves from those evil plants which Jesus Christ does not tend, because they are not the planting of the Father. Not that I have found any division among you, but exceeding purity, for as many as are of God and of Jesus Christ are also with the bishop, and as many as shall, in the exercise of repentance, return into the unity of the church, these too shall belong to God, that they may live according to Jesus Christ. Do not err, my brethren. If any man follows him that makes a schism in the church, he shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If anyone walks according to a strange opinion, he agrees not with the passion of Christ. Chapter 4 Take heed, then, to have but one Eucharist. For there is one flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ, and one cup to show forth the unity of his blood, one altar. As there is one bishop, along with the presbytery and deacons, my fellow servants, that so whatsoever you do, you may do it according to the will of God. Chapter 5 My brethren, I am greatly enlarged in loving you, and rejoicing exceedingly over you, I seek to secure your safety. Yet it is not I, but Jesus Christ, for whose sake being bound I fear the more, inasmuch as I am not yet perfect, but your prayer to God shall make me perfect, that I may attain to that portion which through mercy has been allotted me, while I flee to the gospel as to the flesh of Jesus, and to the apostles as to the presbytery of the church. And let us also love the prophets, because they too have proclaimed the gospel, and placed their hope in him, and waited for him, in whom also believing they were saved through union to Jesus Christ, being holy men, worthy of love and admiration, having had witness borne to them by Jesus Christ, and being reckoned along with us in the gospel of the common hope. Chapter 6 But if anyone preach the Jewish law unto you, listen not to him, for it is better to hearken to Christian doctrine from a man who has been circumcised than to Judaism from one uncircumcised. But if either of such persons do not speak concerning Jesus Christ, they are, in my judgment, but as monuments and sepulchres of the dead, upon which are written only the names of men. 
Flee, therefore, the wicked devices and snares of the prince of this world, lest at any time being conquered by his artifices, grow weak in your love. But be all joined together with an undivided heart. And I thank my God that I have a good conscience in respect to you, and that no one has it in his power to boast, either privately or publicly, that I have burdened anyone either in much or in little. And I wish for all among whom I have spoken that they may not possess that for a testimony against them. Chapter 7 For though some would have deceived me according to the flesh, yet the Spirit, as being from God, is not deceived. For it knows both whence it comes and whither it goes, and detects the secrets of the heart. For when I was among you, I cried, I spoke with a loud voice, Give heed to the bishop and to the presbytery and deacons. Now some suspected me of having spoken thus, as knowing beforehand the division caused by some among you. But he is my witness, for whose sake I am in bonds, that I got no intelligence from any man. But the Spirit proclaimed these words, Do nothing without the bishop, keep your bodies as the temples of God, love unity, avoid divisions, be the followers of Jesus Christ, even as he is of his Father. Chapter 8 I therefore did what belonged to me as a man devoted to unity, for where there is division and wrath, God does not dwell. To all them that repent, the Lord grants forgiveness, if they turn in penitence to the unity of God and to communion with the bishop. I trust, as to you, in the grace of Jesus Christ, who shall free you from every bond and I exhort you to do nothing out of strife, but according to the doctrine of Christ. When I heard some saying, If I do not find it in the ancient scriptures, I will not believe the gospel. On my saying to them, It is written, they answered me, that remains to be proved. But to me Jesus Christ is in the place of all that is ancient, his cross and death and resurrection and the faith which is by him are undefiled monuments of antiquity, by which I desire, through your prayers, to be justified. Chapter 9 The priests indeed are good, but the high priest is better, to whom the Holy of Holies has been committed, and who alone has been trusted with the secrets of God. He is the door of the Father, by which enter in Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets and the apostles and the church. All these have for their object the attaining to the unity of God. But the gospel possesses something transcendent above the former dispensation, namely the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, His passion and resurrection. For the beloved prophets announced Him, but the gospel is the perfection of immortality. All these things are good together if you believe in love. Chapter 10 since, according to your prayers and the compassion which you feel in Christ Jesus, it is reported to me that the church which is at Antioch in Syria possesses peace, it will become you, as a church of God, to elect a deacon to act as the ambassador of God for you to the brethren there, that he may rejoice along with them when they are met together and glorify the name of God. Blessed is he in Jesus Christ, who shall be deemed worthy of such a ministry, and you too shall be glorified. 
and if you are willing, it is not beyond your power to do this for the sake of God, as also the nearest churches have sent, in some cases bishops, and in others presbyters and deacons. Chapter 11 Now, as to Philo the deacon of Cilicia, a man of reputation, who still ministers to me in the word of God, along with Rias Agathopus, an elect man who has followed me from Syria, not regarding his life, these bear witness in your behalf. And I myself give thanks to God for you, that you have received them, even as the Lord you. But may those that dishonoured them be forgiven through the grace of Jesus Christ. The love of the brethren at Troas salutes you, whence also I write to you by Burrus, who was sent along with me by the Ephesians and Smyrnians, to show their respect. May the Lord Jesus Christ honour them, in whom they hope, in flesh and soul, and faith and love and concord. Farewell in Christ Jesus our common hope. The Epistle of Ignatius to the Smyrnians. Greeting. Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to the Church of God the Father, and of the beloved Jesus Christ, which has through mercy obtained every kind of gift, which is filled with faith and love, and is deficient in no gift, most worthy of God, and adorned with holiness. The Church, which is at Smyrna in Asia, wishes abundance of happiness through the Immaculate Spirit and Word of God. Chapter 1 I glorify God, even Jesus Christ, who has given you such wisdom. For I have observed that you are perfected in an immovable faith, as if you were nailed to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, both in the flesh and in the Spirit, and are established in love through the blood of Christ, being fully persuaded with respect to our Lord that He was truly of the seed of David according to the flesh, and the Son of God according to the will and power of God that he was truly born of a virgin, was baptized by John, in order that all righteousness might be fulfilled by him, and was truly under Pontius Pilate and Herod the Tetrarch, nailed to the cross for us in his flesh. Of this fruit we are by his divinely blessed passion, that he might set up a standard for all ages, through his resurrection, to all his holy and faithful followers, whether among Jews or Gentiles, in the one body of his church. Chapter 2 Now he suffered all these things for our sakes, that we might be saved. And he suffered truly, even as also he truly raised up himself, not, as certain unbelievers maintain, that he only seemed to suffer, as they themselves only seemed to be Christians. And as they believe, so shall it happen unto them, when they shall be divested of their bodies, and be mere evil spirits. Chapter 3 For I know that after his resurrection also he was still possessed of flesh, and I believe that he is so now. When, for instance, he came to those who were with Peter, he said to them, Lay hold, handle me, and see that I am not an incorporeal spirit. And immediately they touched him, and believed, being convinced both by his flesh and spirit. For this cause also they despised death, and were found its conquerors. And after his resurrection he ate and drank with them, as being possessed of flesh, although spiritually he was united to the Father. Chapter 4 I give you these instructions, beloved, assured that you also hold the same opinions as I do, 
but I guard you beforehand from those beasts in the shape of men, whom you must not only not receive, but if it be possible not even meet with. Only you must pray to God for them, if by any means they may be brought to repentance, which, however, will be very difficult. Yet Jesus Christ, who is our true life, has the power of effecting this. But if these things were done by our Lord only in appearance, then am I also only in appearance bound? And why have I also surrendered myself to death, to fire, to the sword, to the wild beasts? But in fact, he who is near to the sword is near to God. He that is among the wild beasts is in company with God, provided only he be so in the name of Jesus Christ. I undergo all these things that I may suffer together with him, he who became a perfect man inwardly strengthening me. Chapter 5. Some ignorantly deny him, or rather have been denied by him, being the advocates of death rather than of the truth. These persons neither have the prophets persuaded, nor the law of Moses, nor the gospel even to this day, nor the sufferings we have individually endured for they think also the same thing regarding us. For what does anyone profit me if he commends me, but blasphemes my Lord, not confessing that he was truly possessed of a body? But he who does not acknowledge this has in fact altogether denied him being enveloped in death. I have not, however, thought good to write the names of such persons, inasmuch as they are unbelievers. Yea, Far be it from me to make any mention of them until they repent and return to a true belief in Christ's passion, which is our resurrection. Chapter 6. Let no man deceive himself. Both the things which are in heaven and the glorious angels and rulers, both visible and invisible, if they believe not in the blood of Christ, shall, in consequence, incur condemnation. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Let not high place puff any one up, for that which is worth all is faith and love, to which nothing is to be preferred. But consider those who are of a different opinion with respect to the grace of Christ which has come unto us, how opposed they are to the will of God. They have no regard for love, no care for the widow or the orphan or the oppressed, of the bond or of the free, of the hungry, or of the thirsty. Chapter 7. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer, because they confess not the Eucharist to be the flesh of our Saviour Jesus Christ, which suffered for our sins, and which the Father, of His goodness, raised up again. Those, therefore, who speak against this gift of God, incur death in the midst of their disputes but it were better for them to treat it with respect, that they also might rise again. It is fitting, therefore, that you should keep aloof from such persons, and not to speak of them either in private or in public, but to give heed to the prophets, and above all, to the gospel in which the passion of Christ has been revealed to us, and the resurrection has been fully proved. But avoid all divisions as the beginning of evils. Chapter 8. See that you all follow the bishop, even as Jesus Christ does the Father, and the presbytery as you would the apostles, and reverence the deacons as being the institution of God. Let no man do anything connected with the church without the bishop, 
let that be deemed a proper Eucharist, which is administered either by the bishop or by one to whom he has entrusted it. Wherever the bishop shall appear, there let the multitude of the people also be. Even as, wherever Jesus Christ is, there is the Catholic Church. It is not lawful without the bishop either to baptize or to celebrate a love feast, but whatsoever he shall approve of, that is also pleasing to God, so that everything that is done may be secure and valid. Chapter 9 Moreover, it is in accordance with reason that we should return to soberness of conduct, and while yet we have opportunity, exercise repentance towards God. It is well to reverence both God and the bishop. He who honours the bishop has been honoured by God. He who does anything without the knowledge of the bishop does in reality serve the devil. Let all things then abound to you through grace, for you are worthy. You have refreshed me in all things, and Jesus Christ shall refresh you. You have loved me when absent as well as when present. May God recompense you, for whose sake, while you endure all things, you shall attain unto him. Chapter 10 You have done well in receiving Philo and Rias Agathopus as servants of Christ our God, who have followed me for the sake of God, and who give thanks to the Lord in your behalf, because you have in every way refreshed them. None of these things shall be lost to you. May my spirit be for you, and my bonds, which you have not despised or been ashamed of, nor shall Jesus Christ, our perfect hope, be ashamed of you. Chapter 11. Your prayer has reached to the church which is at Antioch in Syria. Coming from that place bound with chains, most acceptable to God, I salute all, I who am not worthy to be styled from thence, inasmuch as I am the least of them. Nevertheless, according to the will of God, I have been thought worthy of this honour, not that I have any sense of having deserved it, but by the grace of God, which I wish may be perfectly given to me that through your prayers I may attain to God. In order, therefore, that your work may be complete both on earth and in heaven, it is fitting that for the honour of God your church should elect some worthy delegate, so that he, journeying into Syria, may congratulate them that they are now at peace and are restored to their proper greatness, and that their proper constitution has been re-established among them. It seems then to me a becoming thing that you should send someone of your number with an epistle, so that, in company with them, he may rejoice over the tranquility which, according to the will of God, they have obtained, and because that, through your prayers, they have now reached the harbour. As persons who are perfect, you should also aim at those things which are perfect, for when you are desirous to do well, God is also ready. To assist you. Chapter 12. The love of the brethren at Troas salutes you, whence also I write to you by Burrus, whom you sent with me, together with the Ephesians, your brethren, and who has in all things refreshed me, and I would that all may imitate him as being a pattern of a minister of God. Grace will reward him in all things. I salute your most worthy bishop and your very venerable presbytery and your deacons, my fellow servants, and all of you individually, as well as generally, in the name of Jesus Christ and in his flesh and blood, 
in his passion and resurrection, both corporeal and spiritual, in union with God and you. Grace, mercy, peace, and patience be with you forevermore. Chapter 13 I salute the families of my brethren with their wives and children and the virgins who are called widows. Be strong, I pray, in the power of the Holy Ghost. Philo, who is with me, greets you. I salute the house of Tavius and pray that it may be confirmed in faith and love, both corporeal and spiritual. I salute Alci, my well-beloved, and the incomparable Daphnis and Eutechnus, and all by name. Farewell in the grace of God. The Epistle of Ignatius to Polycarp Greeting. Ignatius, who is also called Theophorus, to Polycarp, Bishop of the Church of the Smyrnians, or rather who has, as his own bishop, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, wishes abundance of happiness. Chapter 1. Having obtained good proof that your mind is fixed in God as upon an immovable rock, I loudly glorify his name, that I have been thought worthy to behold your blameless face, which may I ever enjoy in God. I entreat you, by the grace with which you are clothed, to press forward in your course and to exhort all that they may be saved. Maintain your position with all care, both in the flesh and spirit. Have a regard to preserve unity than which nothing is better. Bear with all, even as the Lord does with you. Support all in love, as also you do. Give yourself to prayer without ceasing. Implore additional understanding to what you already have. Be watchful, possessing a sleepless spirit. Speak to every man separately, as God enables you. Bear the infirmities of all as being a perfect athlete in the Christian life. Where the labor is great, the gain is all the more. Chapter 2 If you love the good disciples, no thanks are due to you on that account, but rather seek by meekness to subdue the more troublesome. Every kind of wound is not healed with the same plaster. Mitigate violent attacks of disease by gentle applications. Be in all things wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. For this purpose, you are composed of both flesh and spirit, that you may deal tenderly with those evils that present themselves visibly before you. And as respects those that are not seen, pray that God would reveal them unto you in order that you may be wanting in nothing, but may abound in every gift. The times call for you as pilots do for the winds, and as one tossed with tempest seeks for the haven, so that both you and those under your care may attain to God. Be sober as an athlete of God. The prize set before you is immortality and eternal life, of which you are also persuaded. In all things may my soul be for yours, and my bonds also, which you have loved. Chapter 3 let not those who seem worthy of credit but teach strange doctrines fill you with apprehension. Stand firm, as does an anvil which is beaten. It is the part of a noble athlete to be wounded and yet to conquer. And especially we ought to bear all things for the sake of God that He also may bear with us. Be ever becoming more zealous than what you are. 
Weigh carefully the times. Look for him who is above all time, eternal and invisible, yet who became visible for our sakes, impalpable and impassable, yet who became passable on our account, and who in every kind of way suffered for our sakes. Chapter 4. Let not widows be neglected. Be after the Lord their protector and friend. Let nothing be done without your consent, neither do anything without the approval of God, which indeed you do not, inasmuch as you are steadfast. Let your assembling together be of frequent occurrence. Seek after all by name. Do not despise either male or female slaves, yet neither let them be puffed up with conceit, but rather let them submit themselves the more for the glory of God, that they may obtain from God a better liberty. Let them not long to be set free from slavery at the public expense, that they be not found slaves to their own desires. Chapter 5. Flee evil arts, but all the more discourse in public regarding them. Speak to my sisters that they love the Lord and be satisfied with their husbands both in the flesh and spirit. In like manner also, exhort my brethren in the name of Jesus Christ that they love their wives, even as the Lord the Church. If anyone can continue in a state of purity to the honor of him who is Lord of the flesh, let him so remain without boasting. If he begins to boast, he is undone. And if he reckon himself greater than the bishop, he is ruined. But it becomes both men and women who marry to form their union with the approval of the bishop, that their marriage may be according to God and not after their own lust. Let all things be done to the honor of God. Chapter 6. Give heed to the bishop that God also may give heed to you. My soul be for theirs that are submissive to the bishop, to the presbyters, and to the deacons, and may my portion be along with them in God. Labor together with one another, strive in company together, run together, suffer together, sleep together, and awake together as the stewards and associates and servants of God. Please him under whom you fight and from whom you receive your wages. Let none of you be found a deserter. Let your baptism endure as your arms, your faith as your helmet, your love as your spear, your patience as a complete panoply. Let your works be the charge assigned to you, that you may receive a worthy recompense. Be long-suffering, therefore, with one another, in meekness, as God is towards you. May I have joy of you forever. Chapter 7 Seeing that the church which is at Antioch in Syria is, as report has informed me, at peace through your prayers, I also am the more encouraged, resting without anxiety in God, if indeed, by means of suffering I may attain to God, so that, through your prayers, I may be found a disciple of Christ. It is fitting, O Polycarp, most blessed in God, to assemble a very solemn council, and to elect one whom you greatly love, and know to be a man of activity, who may be designated the messenger of God, and to bestow on him this honor that he may go into Syria and glorify your ever-active love to the praise of Christ. A Christian has not power over himself, but must always be ready for the service of God. Now, this work is both God's and yours, when you shall have completed it 
to His glory. For I trust that, through grace, you are prepared for every good work pertaining to God. Knowing, therefore, your energetic love of the truth, I have exhorted you by this brief epistle. Chapter 8 Inasmuch as I have not been able to write to all the churches because I must suddenly sail from Troas to Neapolis, as the will of the emperor enjoins, I beg that you, as being acquainted with the purpose of God, will write to the adjacent churches that they also may act in like manner, such as are able to do so sending messengers and the others transmitting letters through those persons who are sent by you, that you may be glorified by a work which shall be remembered for ever, as indeed you are worthy to be. I salute all by name, and in particular the wife of Epitropus, with all her house and children. I salute Attalus, my beloved, I salute him who shall be deemed worthy to go from you into Syria. Grace shall be with him for ever, and with Polycarp that sends him. I pray for your happiness for ever in our God, Jesus Christ, by whom continue in the unity and under the protection of God. Thank you for listening to this Theoria TV production of the Epistles of St. Ignatius of Antioch. If you appreciate our work to bring you professionally produced audiobooks of the Church Fathers free of charge, would you support our work by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash TV or joining as a paid member on Substack at www.theoria.tv.